translate over to things like Peloton as well, because you're, you're in front of a screen and you move from sitting at your desk in front of a screen to moving onto a bike seat in front of a screen. There's a yearning to move around and be around other people and connect and feed off of energy of others and um, get that accountability and support and encouragement in, in community that so many of us are lacking. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Lie Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Kripe. And today I am more than excited. I am jubilated, jubilated. Um, I am just overjoyed to have on this next guest. Um, this next guest should not be a stranger to anybody that follows me, because most likely you'll be following her as well. Um, I spend lots of time talking to this person um, on our own. We just whether it's through texting, whether it's through sending each other bad memes on Instagram, or just what tends to be what I think is going to be a 20 minute phone call turns out to be a two hour phone call. Um, so we have a lot to talk about, and there's going to be a great amount of content here for you to take home with you and to kind of ponder. So I want to bring on no one other than Lena, the sand maven Midla. Midla. I almost said Milda. It's okay. Milda. Is that like a first? You wouldn't be the first. But is that, is that, that's like a storybook character, isn't it? Milda? I don't, all I know, or something? All I know is that when my husband and I got married, he said, get ready for lots of name mispronunciations. And I was like, yeah. why? It's so easy. He goes, no, you'll see. And sure enough, every person, the owl. Who, every person who looks at my name, you can see that they're trying to like, figure out what order the sounds go in before they attempt it. It's too many consonants next to each other. I mean, and for me, I'm just so embarrassed because I've said your name so many times and all of a sudden, like I'm on the spot and as I'm let, ready to butcher it, I'm like, how can I edit this? But I'm just going to let it go. I'm just <laughs> going let to it let, go. It go. let it go. It's like frozen. Let it go. So anyway. All right. So what I want to do today is I want to, I want to start playing some games here in these podcast episodes. I think that'd be pretty fun. And so with Lena here today, what I want to do is play a game just called, let's, let's just call it five random things. And I, I'll work at getting this better here for title. But what I'll do here is I've got five questions just randomly in my head right now, and I'm going to ask her. So let's go ahead. Let's get started. Here we go. Scariest movie you've ever seen. Ah, uh, The Birds. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Um, Dwight Schrute or Jim Halpert? White truth. Okay. Uh, favorite mathematical instrument? Mathematical instrument? Um, a calculator. Um, let's see. Number four, because I think I'm at four. Favorite DVRT move? I love a good uh, max lunge to power clean. Mm, satisfying. Okay. Number five, I think I got this. Favorite thing to eat in the morning? Nothing. Coffee. Oh, anyway, <laughs> but that's you. That's you. I um, love, I love breakfast food, but I don't like to eat first thing in the morning. I'd rather have my coffee and then some space and then give me all the eggs and bacon. Okay. Well then, then we're back. We can be friends longer. All right. Listen, I get, I get up at five. By the time we have breakfast, it's like, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and one. And Oof. I mean, breakfast all day, every day. 
yeah i know i just i hear 10 like my thing is i get up in the morning i do have coffee right away i don't eat right away if i am really really hungry i'll like have a handful of raisins or something but yeah i just like within the first hour i have to have something to eat because i'm yeah i get cranky um all right, we have lots to talk about and we want to maintain and honor people's time. So let's first talk about number one, you are a fitness professional. Where did that start? How did that get going? And you know, all the juicy details. Awesome. Yeah. I think I've been in the fitness industry now for a little over a decade, um, which seems like a lot longer than it feels. Um, I think my interest in fitness started really in college. Um, before then I was always an active kid, but I never thought about how I moved, uh, what I ate, um, my health at all. Cause it was all just in check in normal kid activities, gymnastics, karate, dance, singing, all of those things are just a part of my life. Um, fast forward to college and, uh, having a little bit too much freedom, uh, and a little too much of a desire to be average and have the movies like uh, college experience and uh, first semester freshman year as my dad was picking me up uh, from college he came up to get me and he goes wow you look and you can see like words flashing in his head and he came up with husky that's the no no (laughs) that's the word that he went with wow Um, your mom should have picked you up you know it was totally fair i was swollen. Um, I was unhealthy. I, um, it was, it was a lot of inflammation and a lot of water retention and swelling and, and all the other stuff that can happen to a college freshman. You know, um, side note, side note though, cause I yeah. hear that word Husky and I just remember growing up cause I was the fat little kid. <laughs> and I mean, my mom would sometimes talk about shopping in the Husky section for the boys or, you know, I feel like Eric Cartman from South park where she honestly said I was big boned. And I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> I, mean, I just, when I hear that your dad called you Husky, I'm thinking about my two daughters and I don't, I, I don't want to lie to them, but I, that's just a hard anyway. So you're, you're back from college. You're East, Eastern, Eastern European man. And I'm glad I don't know the other words that first flashed into his mind. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Like, yeah, she spent some time going down that list. Yes. Um, So what came really easily for me growing up, um, all of a sudden was like, oh shoot, I have a metabolism. Oh shoot. I have a responsibility for my physical fitness and the foods that go into my mouth. Um, and it started me down a quest of actually learning what it took to, um, achieve, uh, health. But at the time it was more about weight, um, and physical appearance, um, And so I started reading every book I could on fitness and and dieting. And uh, eventually I moved to New York City and studied film acting, which is the worst thing to be studying when you feel like you're husky. Um, And uh, I enlisted the help of my first couple personal trainers when I lived in New York. And again, um, took everything I could from them, learning from them. And um, basically... It was my initial quest to lose weight and to get healthy that got me really interested and passionate about fitness, uh, nutrition, wellness. And um, 
after college, I moved back to Chicago and before, a, before we do the college thing though, I, yeah. I want to get a timeline. You go to New York city. What yearish is this? 2006 okay. through 2007. I was there. Okay. And so enlisting the help of the, like you said, a couple personal trainers, like, how was that experience for you? Was it positive? Was it negative? What did they, what was kind of the, the fitness method, methodology and philosophy in New York city with these two trainers at that time? Yeah. So the first trainer I worked with, um, he was awesome. Um, he followed, uh, Poliquin a lot. So that was kind of his style of training. Um, now for our audience that might not know about, like, can you delve a little bit? Into not really. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's a bodybuilder ish, but with some functional sprinkles mm-hmm. thrown in. Um, he's no longer living either. Um, I think he passed away a few years back. Um, but he had a huge following of, uh, trainers. He had his own training certification programs. Um, but my trainer was just, um, he was incredibly compassionate. And I think at that point in my life, I, when I looked in the mirror, I was very not happy with what I saw in the mirror and it was very frustrating And he did such a great job of taking a 20 year old who's beating herself up and um, has a weird broken relationship with with food, living in New York City, studying film. And aside from just traditional circuit training, um, where he really helped support me was in like learning that there were things about myself that were amazing and awesome. And that the way that he saw me was not the way that I saw me. And just the whole mental, emotional component of training was, I think where he really excelled. Um, I can't remember why I switched trainers, but the second trainer I worked with is, um, was also wonderful, uh, in her own way. She taught me in retrospect, things that I try to do with some of my clients now, she'd remember little things that I liked and would, you know, we talked about um, the, the pina colada trident gum once before a training session, yeah. which tastes like sunscreen. And, but like by tasting like sunscreen, it tastes like spring break. And so it just like makes you feel happy. Mm. And the next training session, she had a small pack of gum for me. And she goes, I saw this and thought of you. And it was just like those little things that she would throw in that were again, akin to I'm thinking about you and I care about you even when you're not here for the hour that we're training. Uh, I actually, so so powerful though, right? Like, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts and just, you don't learn that in books, you know, you don't learn that you only learn that from experience and just treating people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, I mean, I guess maybe being a guy, I'm a little more oblivious to that fact to some degree where I'm just not out like, oh, this reminds me of so-and-so. Um, but even something as, okay, so this is a crazy stalking story. Is um, one time, and this was like many years ago, this one, we just had our small little gym. And typically, so I don't want to scare any potential leads away, but in all fairness, when you click on our Facebook ad, and you go further enough down the process, I kind of want to know a little bit about who I'm about to talk to. So I will inevitably check you out. And this one person, uh, it was such a funny story because I just noticed everything on her timeline was Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And I'm just like, wow, this is a serious Foo Fighter fan. 
And so when she came in for her screening and whatever else we did, I just had some Foo Fighters playing in the background. Now, this is not me. You know, this is not what happened to you, but this is kind of related. And she comes in and we're in the middle of it. And she's just like, I love the Foo Fighters. I'm like, yeah, really? I'm like, I'm, I'm more of a Pearl Jam fan, but you know, Foo Fighters are pretty cool too. And like, guess what happened? She signed on, <laughs> you know, it's, and we will ask, like, I just asked uh, one of our newer clients today. I'm like, Hey, just, we kind of like to get to know what kind of music do you like? You know, is there stuff that we shouldn't play when you're around because it, you know, brings up bad girlfriends or, you know, any kind of emotional things or, you know, for the most part, he's like, everything you're playing is great. You know, and he's like, if you could slip in a few Metallica songs once in a while, I'm like noted. Um, but all those little things, like how we can make it more of a personal experience for people, right? That we can, we can show them fitness isn't just about you coming in for that hour, getting obliterated, and we don't think about you until the next time. So, okay, I totally interrupted, but it is my podcast. So continue on. No, a- absolutely, Corey. I think that's, interestingly enough, these, these two trainers that I had when I lived in New York City, I still keep in touch with. Oh, that's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Uh, one of them I visited when I, I came back to New York for something like 15 years ago. And, uh, I had dropped a whole bunch of weight, um, because I really started taking care of myself and it wasn't, you know, I, I figured it out for the moment. Uh, and I remember I came home and I opened up a book that I had with me. So he, he offered to train me for free, uh, just to like catch up. And then he bought me a protein shake on the way out. We were chatting and Um, when I left, I opened a book that I had and he left me a note inside of the book that said like, you're amazing. Don't ever forget it. And it was something that I just happened upon when I was opening my book again to read it. So just like those little things that, that you don't, I think even like when you're starting out in fitness, you don't think to do, but the people who come and want to train with you, they want to train with you. They, they want to have somebody who's like, we kind of make it sound more clinical, like uh, somebody to hold me accountable. No, they like, they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. They want to know that them showing up matters. Um, you know, the, that, that, that they're being thought of not just as a time slot or, you know, an $85 per hour body or whatever, right. whatever it is. Um, but there's a relationship there. Um, and I don't remember who it is. It's one of the people in the industry that we know just talks about that, um, mediocre trainers who are awesome with people do far better than amazing trainers who, who suck at people. Yeah. The people that know everything, but just can't like even talk, I, you know, it's, they can't, they can't hold a conversation, you know, I mean, and it's, it's really no fault of their own. This, this once again leads me to another story. I feel like the, <laughs> I want this podcast to be more about you, but, um, but so when I was in college and studying for exercise, sports science and all that jazz, I'm a pretty outwardly going person. You know, it doesn't take much for me to make eye contact and communicate. And I was next to this guy who was a very friendly person, but he is just so dry. And like to imagine him training somebody or a group of people like, I, I couldn't think of it. I, I, I would want to see it, you know, I mean, cause I'm like, I don't think he could do it. So one day we're working on this project together and I'm like, you know, I believe his name was Tim. I'm like, Tim, what do you want to do with your degree when you uh, graduate? He's like research. I'm like, you are the man for the job, <laughs> you know, cause, but it is, I mean, you, that's why I think 
for me personally, the three people that I've hired here um, who are still with me right now, they don't necessarily, I, I didn't hire them because they had a fitness degree. I didn't hire them because they knew what they were talking about when it came to exercise and sports science. And I certainly am not really concerned about their certifications. I just know that they're great people who can convey the message of what we do here, our environment, like they can add to our environment. And yes, they could take somebody through an effective session and they know the nuts and bolts, but not is because I almost like groomed them, right? Like I've, I've trained them in the way that I do things. So that's, I think sometimes people, their best hire is not the most on paper qualified, right? Because those mediocre trainers that, I mean, we say mediocre because they might not have all the letters behind. I would consider myself a mediocre trainer. You know, I mean, I, I have a degree, sure. I have a few letters, but other than that, I mean, all my learning and stuff is just kind of private. I'm not trying to go out there and do all this crazy stuff. But the fact that I do want to touch people personally, you know, I want to form relationships. I want them, I want them to want to come into the gym, you know, and we know reality. It's like, oh, I have to, but as soon as they come in, they know that it was not the wrong decision. Right. And all those little things, you know, you, you know, more like, I, I can't tell you how many stories I know about people and how many, you know, like I know where people are going on the weekends and it's not just because of a, trying to keep the conversation going like a one-on-one -on -one training because I'm usually training multiple people at the same time. Right. So great. I mean, I love that mediocre trainers that can work with people that can like, not just work with, but make people feel seen. I like how you said that, you know, that they're, they're not just the, they're here because I need to pay rent or I need to pay my bills. This person actually matters to me. So that's, yeah, I'm going to keep that. Um, awesome. I, so I want to put a pin in something that you were talking about in terms of, um, hiring um because i need to finish up kind of my little my my long walk about the education world um so i uh, i finished college graduated from uh tulane um and went to work in uh, marketing research in downtown chicago and in college especially once i transferred to tulane i got really into fitness and, um, started dancing with the dance company there. So I was dancing like, gosh, maybe like four hours a day between rehearsals and classes outside of, um, other stuff. And at around two o'clock every day, I would start getting really antsy and like, I was going to crawl out of my skin and realize that was usually when I would be dancing at school in the afternoons mm. I'd have my classes in the morning. I'd go dance in the afternoon, take a break and then go to rehearsal. Uh, so I was looking for something I could do during my lunch hour to shake my sillies out, um, essentially, uh, and get, you know, the juices flowing for the afternoon. And I found a, a bar fitness studio close to where I was working. And I took my first class there. And I remember walking back to the office and talking to my mom on the phone. And I said to my mom, mom, I found a class that I really like, and I think I'd be really good at teaching it. And that started my quest in hounding them to be able to audition. Uh, I auditioned and immediately wanted to take on more responsibility. I eventually built and grew and changed their instructor training program from the ground up. Um, my degree is not in, in uh, exercise or um, kinesiology or physical therapy or anything like that. Uh, I'm just a mover of my body and somebody who's incredibly passionate and curious about movement, but my degree is in marketing. Um, so I grew with that company for about seven years. I was their chief training officer. 
I managed 60 plus instructors in Chicago. I uh, created all of the content that uh, instructors taught in classes. I was in charge of everybody's ongoing continuing education. Um, the training manual we put together, we started franchising that program and I helped to build a franchise program on the training side. And it was a really incredible opportunity uh, until I met Josh Hankin um, at a Perform Better Summit. And a spoiler, well, actually, I think he prefers the word the urinator, but. <laughs> um, and I, I actually tell him this every time I see him, which hasn't been in a while, but he essentially ruined fitness for me. Um, I went from being, you know, I, I love the energy of group fitness. I love, um, you know, the, the kind of training that I did, uh, prior to CBRT was rhythmic. Um, it was everybody moving at the same time. It was, it was really joyful. And what I really brought to it that I, I loved so much was the, um, inspirational, motivational aspect of it and, and helping women, um, specifically, it was a, a women's studio. So um, helping women move from, I want her biceps and her butt to, wow, I couldn't do push-ups before and now I can do push-ups. Or, um, you know, I used to be able to hold this position for 30 seconds. I wonder, I wonder if I can hold it a minute now. So really shifting the focus from what my body looks like to what my body is capable of. And, um, that's really the biggest, the, my biggest mission at the time, uh, for my clients was to help them shift that focus and not by telling them to shift their focus, but just by them coming in and being a part of what we're doing and, and the way that we use our language and the way that we talk about things and just seeing that ripple effect of somebody building their confidence and their strength and their appreciation for themselves and their appreciation for their bodies and what they can do and how that moves into the rest of their lives was a really awesome, awesome thing to be a part of. Uh, sure. And then uh, Josh had to go and ruin fitness for me. So now tell me what, when did this happen? When did Josh ruin it for you? I think the ruining began um, summer of 2016 okay. or 2017. I can't remember. Was that the around the time that we met at Perform Better? I think so. I think the first time I met him um, was right after I think my daughter was born. And I think it was the following summer that I went back to his. So, so I think he planted the seed. I bought my first two bags that were already pre-filled because it was at the conference. Mm -hmm. And I was really into pre-postnatal fitness then because I, I was myself having kids. A lot of my clients were around the same age. Um, I had already done a certification in corrective exercise for pre-postnatal. And I saw the core bag, which is the small green one. And I was like, oh my God, that's like a baby. Like this is the perfect tool to use with prenatal and postnatal clients because it's awkward and not evenly weighted and really translates into the type of functional strength and movement patterns that somebody could really benefit from in that stage of life. Right. Um, I think it was the following. So it planted a lot of seeds in my head. And, and one of the things I always promised myself and 
the people I worked with and the instructors that I managed was we'll never do something here just because it's the way that we do it. There will always be a reason for everything that we do. Even if the reason is, you know, it's because it's fun or because it's silly or because, um, you know, women like to check the mental box of feeling their abdominals burn. And so we'll do something that elicits that response so that they can mentally check that box for themselves or whatever it is, there's always going to be a reason. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of the end for me because I saw things shifting and growing as I learned more and more, which is always the way fitness is. I think, you know, Nick Tominello famously said that like, um, if you are looking at your programming from five years ago and you're not face palming, then you're doing something wrong. Um, because we're always learning and adapting and growing and, and fine tuning and discovering. And, uh, that following summer was when I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to make some moves. Um, cause I, I feel like I, I reached a point where I didn't think I could change the program I'd helped develop anymore. Um, and you were still, yeah. Cause you were still at the barcode when you kind of mm -hmm. got, when you started to get ruined by DVRT. Yep. Yep. Did it ever, um, like, did you ever think about, I mean, could you have, like, I know you mentioned, but you know, was that something you were trying to implement and incorporate maybe is utilizing always. the ultimate sandbags? And yeah. So there were, so there were parts of it I was trying to use, um, you know, I think around the same time, I also, um, was studying for my C, uh, CF, CFSC, uh, Mike okay. Oyles program. Mm -hmm. Um, he, and he was big on, um, unilateral movement. So I started incorporating a lot more unilateral movement. Um, the way that we instructed uh, glute bridges changed where we were really elbowing the ground to at least um, through body weight, engage the lats more. Um, the position of the plank, what that looks like in, in Pilates versus what it looks like in DVRT, I was incorporating a lot more. Um, there were, I was trying to basically jerry-rig exercises based on the equipment we had, the resources we had to line up with all the things I was learning and discovering about DVRT. Uh, and I think the final sticking point was as part of the workout, there was 10 minutes of crunches, essentially 10, 10 minutes of ab work specifically. And, oh, my you know, I helped hurts hearing I, about that. I helped influence it to, at one point to shifting it to core and what that is. And then after I, you know, when I was pregnant with my second, I started teaching all of the core sections, mostly on all fours. So doing things that are more about stabilizing the core versus, uh, flexing and extending, uh, in every direction. It included a lot more side planks, um, you know, thanks to Stuart McGill's work as well. So I was doing my best to change that. Um, and it just came down to when I would offer up the reasons why that style of training isn't safe, it isn't effective or efficient, especially for women coming out of, you know, having children or in the process of having children. And when the pressure in the core and the way it's connected matters a lot more, um, I would get pushback like, you know, well, I did all this through my pregnancies and I was fine. Uh, and that was like, okay, I mean, great. I'm, I'm so glad that's not helpful because that's anecdotal. Um, and 
the answer really is when we learn more and we know better, we do better. Um, and so then it was just a philosophical difference. And, and I understand, I mean, fitness as a franchise is very, very challenging um, because unlike, you know, the recipe for a Big Mac that doesn't change and that you get no matter where in the United States you buy a Big Mac, it all tastes the same. Fitness doesn't, fitness doesn't work that way. Um, and so, especially because it's when it's rooted in science and when it's rooted in, um, experience, it's going to change and franchises don't want change. They want to keep reproducing the same thing over and again. Well, and I mean, I guess in terms of restaurants, you don't want to go to a chain restaurant and experience like another flavor of something, you know, cause it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I think, I think in regards to fitness, you know, I mean, I guess when you go into a, like a franchise, um, you know, but let's even think about a CrossFit per se. Now I don't, is would CrossFit is CrossFit considered fran- I mean, back in the day, it's an affiliate, be, an affiliate, mm-hmm. but for the most part, I mean, like, what you see in the CrossFit games is not necessarily what you're going to get in a CrossFit gym because every gym owner could have like a, a special tweak on how they CrossFit, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and, but when you walk into a YMCA in Wisconsin, you go to one in Illinois, you go to one in California, you expect all the, you know, maybe the layout's different, but you expect to see a lot of that same equipment, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it can really, and it's just, it's a matter of sometimes I've, I've used the image of bartending, I guess, which I've done a little bit, but if you go to one bartender and you ask them to make you a drink and they make you that drink, and then you go to another bartender and you ask for that same drink, it might have a little flair to it because of that bartender's experience. Right. Um, not saying it's right or wrong, but when it comes to fitness, I mean, how many times have I had people come to fitness line down and say, I can't squat without my knees hurting. And then we perform a squat and I'm like, well, no wonder why your knees hurt. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're rocking back on your heels and they're like, well, my trainer told me to, so that my knees don't go past my toes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how about we try it my way? And you let me know what you think, you know, because I can explain well, why we do what we do. You know, another trainer trying to tell you like I can, and I've had to do that. And I try not to put down those trainers because hand raised, that used to be me. Right. I mean, I only knew what I knew back then. And that's kind of scary, but I can give them the, the science of human movement and why this is not a good idea. And then all of a sudden, like, because they can now finally squat or lunge without knee pain. Now they're, they're loving, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid here. So it's, it's something when you come to franchises, but you know, I think that's the cool, unique thing about fitness is the different themes that we can have. You know, because we've in the small town that I live in, we have plenty of gyms and we have, you know, we do have a CrossFit. We have some of these like burn boot camps. We have your 24 hours. And then we have like a whole bunch of boutique gyms, boutique gyms, whatever you want to call them, where everybody just kind of has their little niche and everybody has their little flair of how they do things. And there's a lot of similarities in what we do, but then there's also the deliverance and then the atmosphere, right? Some people might not jive with our atmosphere, maybe because we're too goofy or we just X, Y, or Z, you know, but they have an opportunity to go somewhere else. And I just hope that they're being taken care of well. Um, and that maybe we don't, I think I'd like to see everybody here, but you know, I mean, cause that's what we'll see sometimes is 
We've had people leave here to go to some other gym and either we've spoiled fitness for them because they've fallen in love with using the sandbags and kettlebells the way that we do. So, so sometimes it's not too long before, you know, too long, maybe a year or so before we, I'll get a message. Like, is it okay if I come back? <laughs> it's just like, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's great that there can be such, such variety of fitness, right? But 100%. When, we, when we come down to this stuff that we do, you know, when we, when we understand that it's not ab training, that is core training. And no matter if it's an anecdotal, I've done this all my life. Like I did this throughout my pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. It's, but should, you know, should you have, you know, cause the most, most of the people that are trying to do this, you know, especially postpartum and whatnot, it's not going to jive for them. And then you have to come up with something else for them to do. And then they're going to feel like, well, I couldn't do what you wanted me to do. So I must not belong here. You know? So it's, it's, it's just interesting. Um, wow. For sure. And, and honestly, I think that my hope, and, it, and this has been the case since I really started in this industry. And I think it's the case for, for a, a lot of people. So I don't think it's a particularly unique hope, but I want to leave my clients better than when I found them. Um, and that isn't just in terms of, you know, writing good workouts, making sure they don't get injured, but I want them to have enough of the knowledge and understanding of why we're doing what we're doing so that when they go away from me, for whatever reason, they're not going to hurt themselves. Like, you know, at, um, at the barcode, we had five pound kettlebells and that's what we were doing kettlebell swings with. And I'll tell you, <laughs> teaching a five pound kettlebell swing is not easy, but even in that environment, my goal was to ensure that if we were going to do kettlebell swings, we were going to teach them correctly and people were going to do them right. Because I didn't want to have a client of mine or a client of, of the studio, go to a gym, see a kettlebell, be like, Hey, I know how to do this and hurt themselves by doing a squat and a front raise versus an actual swing. Wow. So teaching proper movement patterns um, is something that, that I value tremendously. And I think even at this point, you know, I, I've got some clients who, who train with me, but they also want to do some other stuff on the side, whether it's for the sake of community or they love running and rowing. And, um, you know, one of my clients recently went to take a class at orange theory and she used to take class at orange theory before we started training together. And, um, I was happy for her. She was like excited. She's like, I love running. I love rowing. Like it was nice to be in a group setting again. Um, she's like, but the difference is now when we get to that weight section, I know it's okay to modify and to change the movement, to make it more sense, make it more sense for me. Like they were doing some weird ab stuff. And she's like, I knew that was going to hurt my back. And, mm -hmm. and I knew what I could do based on the things I've learned with you over the years to, to do instead. And I knew it was okay to do that. And that's awesome. I mean, like how, you know, all these successes that we can hear inside the gym and outside the gym, but that we can actually, and I love using the word resilient, we can create that resiliency in them, whether it be physically or mentally that they understand, you know, to the fact of when it comes to weights, like, okay, maybe I'm going to use a lighter weight, but I'm going to modify my stance. You know, I can change my, my body position to make this a little bit more intense. Or if they're doing an ab workout and you know, well, I'm just going to do this core one that I know because it's going to be better for me. Like what a, what a great moment there. 
And I do remember like, again, another story, right? Is we had one, one female with us for a while. And I mean, she, we had to definitely meet her where she was at and help build her up. And I think she was with us for at least three years. And then she got into a relationship and her and her boyfriend were going to go to the Y because it would have been too expensive for him to come here and whatnot. So I was pretty bummed because I, I almost took it personally. But I remember my uh, then business partner, uh, Anthony Dick said, you know, isn't it so great though? Because if she would have gone to the Y right away without training with us, that might've been a bad thing for her. You know, she would not know what they done well. She could have gotten injured. But because she's been with us, like she's so much stronger now and she knows better that she can do things better. And that it was, yes. Um, unfortunately, fortunately, the relationship broke up and we got her back. So, um, uh, so that's, but yeah, no, it's, it's so empowering and nobody ever thinks about that. Like I'm training these people for so many different things and whether it be a community thing or, Hey, my friend wants me to join them for their bring a friend week or X, Y, and Z. Like, how great is that, that they can go participate, participate fully and have that freedom of strength. So nice. That's awesome. Now let's, let's kind of, as we're, you know, cause I, I see so many tabs in my mind opening up on where we can take <laughs> these conversations. And as I've told you, and you know, I'll tell everybody else, Lena will most likely be a, a very reoccurring guest here on this episode, on this podcast, because we do have a lot of things to talk about. Um, I think a lot of our private conversations could be brought up to light. And I think a lot of people could benefit from them, but let's say now the state of the uh, fitness industry where we're at right now, you know, and again, the, what, I don't even know what the state it as because there's so many things going on. And I think if one thing COVID has really taught us was the ability to get smaller and better, almost, you know, you see a lot of unfortunate, unfortunately, a lot of gyms didn't make it through the pandemic, whatnot. But a lot of a lot of trainers were able to kind of go a little bit smaller in their sizes, um, and they realized that maybe they don't need the big barbells and the dumbbells and all this other stuff to have an effective session. So, what do you think would be like the future of fitness coming up? Like, what what should people get excited about? Like, what is what is something that is kind of around the corner that you feel could be around the corner? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that really excites me about what is to come is kind of twofold. One. I think that there is a massive, massive yearning for community. I think especially after the past couple of years of, of being apart and um, Zoom fatigue. And, um, you know, I think that does translate over to things like Peloton as well, because you're, you're in front of a screen and you move from sitting at your desk in front of a screen to moving onto a bike seat in front of a screen there's a yearning to move around and be around other people and connect and feed off of energy of others and um, get that accountability and support and encouragement in, in community that so many of us are lacking. So I, I do see, and, and really myself hope for a resurgence in community-based training programs. And the second thing that I see along those lines is the need for smarter, effective, and efficient training for our lives. I think that the pandemic has really slammed the gas, gas pedal on our sedentary and overstressed lifestyles that leave us you know, either seated or gripping in the fetal position. 
And a lot of what most of us know in terms of training really keeps us in that position, whether it be biking or running or deadlifting with two feet flat on the ground and a barbell. Um, it's all incredibly heavy in the sagittal plane. And I think we're going to see a lot of people wanting to exert energy and getting injured in the process and wanting to find an alternative that feels like a good workout, feels like they're connected to other people, feels like they're connected to themselves and is really helping them to become more resilient. Uh, and I'm trying to weave in this last point, but I think it might just have to be a third point. I think that recovery is going to be a big part of it as well. So, you know, no longer working out so hard that you're puking or you can't walk for a week straight because of leg day. Um, but you know, because of all the additional stresses in our lives right now, um, leaving ourselves more whole by learning to recover better and, and recovering better comes with recovery practices, but also training smarter as well. Yeah. I had one client that she was asking when I work out or, you know, what days do I work out? And for the most part, I'm, you know, I usually do a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesdays are kind of Wednesdays and Saturdays are just my de-stress walk. So kind of an active recovery, but she's like, isn't that a lot of days in the week to be working out, especially going back to back? Don't you need a day off to rest? And of course, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like what a great podcast episode idea. And, you know, to some degree, I said, it's all about how you train. Like if I train four days a week and I put the gas to the, you know, if I just put the pedal to the floor and I try to go beast mode all four days, especially being, you know, 40 some years old, that might not be smart, you know, because I'm going to, because I'm going to broken and it's going to be harder on my body. But because I can, I know how, if I have a, a more intense day here, I'm going to have a little bit more of a less intense day here. So I can promote a little of that active recovery. And then of course, like the nutrition's huge. So we're so excited here to have a dietitian um, to help people learn about not only recovering or nourishing to flourish, as we like to say, but the ability to have a better relationship with food, you know, to say okay to this and to know when to say no, like, and not because it's a quote unquote bad food, but because it's like, I don't need that right now. You know, I, I could save that for another time, you know, for a more special occasion, what have you, and then sleeping different things like this, like all these things that we could do to promote that because you're right. I mean, we, since, uh, since 2020, we just have more, everybody's kind of in fight and flight mode. You know, nobody mm -hmm. can relax anymore. Um, and I think, I think a big part of recovery for me is humor. Like I just love telling jokes and laughing and, you know, being around my kids, it's not stressful. That's not the word. It is humorous, but then there's the times where it's like, I'm on dad mode. So I have to yell at them all the time, but you know, I just find so much joy just hanging out. Like my kids are at this age now where it's just so fun to talk to them. And to hear like their little, not even so little, I have a 14 year old, like to hear their interpretation on the world, you know, like what they're like to see the lens, to see the world through their lens. That's something else. So, um, yeah, humor, I think for me, just because how that relaxes, you know, you just de-stress and that's the one thing we always, well, at least I do, um, is we always just, well, no, I say we, I see our coaches doing it too, is people come here. We only see them for how long, you know, like that's the other thing is. 
how many hours in a week do we actually see our clients? And we have to make that last. And whether that's, well, that's going to be through an effective and efficient session, but then just that their ability to come here and decompress to some degree, right? Like we hear about the whirlwinds of their life and especially in their professional life, like with all the, I just think about one individual, but it's for a lot of people is their company's responses to the different changes of CDC says this government says that this and that, and then, you know, their relationship with the COVID stuff and how, you know, I had one lady, she's like, with all, I, she's like, I don't know who to let back to work. I don't know what, you know, she works kind of in a daycare. So she's like, I don't, you know, who, what I I'm so blown out of, you know, like, I just don't know anymore. Like, I'm just so fried, but for her to be able to come here and like, this is the best part of my day. Like, and she means that, and she just means it more than I get my physical activity, but because we give her that environment where she can actually just let go for an hour, you know? So it's, it's impressive. It's a, it's amazing. The, what we can do as fitness professionals, you know, I think about, you know, our buddy, Josh Henkin, how it's like, you know, your parents don't sit there and be like, I can't wait till Lena or Corey grows up and becomes a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> but we can, we can make, you know, e even in our mediocrity, we can make such a difference in people in people's lives by just caring. Right. And I mean, that's what I do is I'm authentic and genuine. I, I genuinely care. Like when people text me, I try to get to that text as soon as I can, because I want them to know, like, yeah, like, of course, if it's unreasonable, like ours and for sure. But if I can get a response to them right away, I want to do that to them because they're a valuable part of my life. Like I enjoy seeing them coming into the gym. I enjoy seeing their progress and I'm always celebrating that progress. Like, you know, Hey, do you remember a few months ago, you couldn't even do something similar to this. And now look at you, you know, sometimes you have to remind them because people can get frustrated, right? Like, He's just, uh, they might have a minor setback or, you know, like, oh, I just feel like I haven't gotten anywhere. And it's like, do you remember when you walked through the door that you couldn't do X, Y, or Z? And now look at what you're doing with X, Y, and Z. Oh, yeah, I guess, guess I never thought about it that way. You know, so I don't know. I kind of digress. Um, any closing thoughts from you, though? Because once again, we're going to be having you on um, a lot. But any, any kind of thoughts, any wisdom from Lena Midla? Ooh. Um, that's well, now you've stumped me. Um, I'm trying to think about the best way to, to wrap up what we talked about today. Um, and I think that my, my parting words are twofold. One, I didn't study, um, fitness essentially, um, from, from high school or college or anything like that. I came to it with a desire to help other people with a love of movement. And so, I mean, I'm NASM certified. I had my CFSC it's lapsed at this point, um, DBRT level one and two, I've got a, a prenatal CES, um, PN level one, like a whole bunch of stuff, um, that was all just predicated on me wanting to learn more so that I could help and serve better. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I think that that's a wonderful thing about this industry is you don't have to have a degree, um, to be good at it and to make a difference in people's lives. And I'm not a sciencey science person either. Like if you start talking Krebs cycle with me, um, and ATP and all that, my eyes will glaze over and, um, I'll be thinking about probably food. Um, 
I like food. So that so that's one is like don't let the fact that you didn't start earlier or um, you don't have a traditional background in fitness um, deter you from 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 pursuing what you think um, you can do because the fact of the matter is our country is unhealthy and we need more people who are bringing the fight and, and helping people to realize their own strength and potential and, and increase their well-being. That's, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, um, don't be afraid to be better when you know better. Um, again, like I have so many CEUs under my belt and so many people I followed and you know, I, I started in the same fitness vein of not wanting to bulk up. And then I got my CrossFit level one and like put on 25 pounds of muscle. And, um, you know, at one point I could back squat 205 pounds and deadlift 255 pounds and I'm five one. Um, and you got you know, leverage, you have leverage though. It's true. It's true. Um, and but, but, but all of these different phases of my fitness career, I wouldn't have taken any of those back because they all led me continuously forward. Uh, and the third piece is, and this is an interesting one, because I feel like whenever I'd leave a conference, I'd always get in the mindset of like, oh, somebody shouldn't even be walking without me analyzing them. And then, and, and, you know, you can't put uh, strength onto dysfunction or anything like that. And um, I think I would, what I would say is meet people where they're at and using the tools of the DVRT system, allow me to help my clients accomplish a lot and feel strong. I feel like sometimes some different corrective exercise uh, modalities you feel like you're taking baby steps and it feels demoralizing because you know you're, you're doing these little exercises because you're weak and it makes you even feel weak but at the same time these people maybe shouldn't be doing box jumps a million times over because they're you know they're not ready for that level of advanced training and I don't know who is really but meet your clients where they're at um, have a plan in place and know how to regress and progress them as, as, as you go because you want your clients to feel successful, but you also want them to feel strong and like what they're doing is making a difference. And I think that's really the, the art of coaching is knowing where to start someone and how to move them along the lines to really empower them in, inside of themselves. Yes, 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 yes. And we'll definitely be having more conversations about that progressing and regressing because by saying that, and you know, I've probably talked about it in this podcast. I know I've talked about it countless times. It's important, but now that we can like have more of a hands-on approach to it and a real life, a real time experience with it in the gym, that it's not just some lofty idea that it is a concept that is tangible that we can make and apply to our programs so we'll definitely be having more conversations about that but lena this was an amazing conversation i appreciate you so much coming in and taking the time to talk i mean i know you love to talk because i love to talk and we talk a lot but again thank you so much and for you guys out there until the next time that we see each other 
Godspeed.